and welcome to Cruisin' for a Reviewsin', the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I'm your host, Cara Westworth, and I'm joined today by the guy who came up with the name of this podcast, Ben. Hello. Hello. Welcome to my podcast, the podcast you helped name. I am thrilled to finally be on it. I Yeah, that's like a little treat that I left by myself is having named the podcast, forgotten about it, and then I was just like, wait a second. I, I did that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's great. I wish I had given a good name to my own podcast. So we're doing a movie that neither of us knew existed before we had been told about it, uh, before I like, looked up Tom Cruise's filmography, which is odd because it's actually directed by Martin Scorsese. Uh, it's The Colour of Money from 1986. It's probably, I don't know if it's one of the less famous Martin Scorsese movies. It's just something that never came up on my radar at any point, even though I think it's a very good film. Martin Scorsese himself said that it didn't feel like his film. He felt like a hired gun and that Paul Newman, the main actor, actually, called most of the shots and he was the one who insisted on him directing it because he thought he'd be really good then Paul Newman's like also I want to have the say in every single aspect of this movie so yeah I guess that's maybe why it's not doesn't feel like a Martin Scorsese movie yeah if there's there's any less famous Martin Scorsese movies then I don't know about them because they are less famous than this movie yes I did although I did oh I don't know what the show oh it was Ted Lasso there was a joke about Martin Scorsese movies and they said what's the best one Ted Lasso actually said the color of money like it was that was his favourite. Right. And I was like, oh, I know that movie. <laughs> Colour of Money, 1986, Martin Scorsese. It stars Paul Newman, who is my new favourite. And if I thought there was anyone who would want to listen to a podcast where I talk about Paul Newman movies, I maybe would do that. Because after reading extensively about him, after watching the movie for this podcast, I love him. He's so good. He's like, apart from being handsome and somehow so much handsomer as an older man. Like I know we, that's a thing where like, oh, he's a silver fox now, but he actually genuinely is. I think it sort of softened his face in a way. Yeah. I, I can't really describe it. He was so angular as a young man and mm. he's just he's beautiful. He's also yeah. like, he all his performances have a real physicality to them and that he's so self-assured in his body that mm. you're just like, this is a man who's in charge. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like every moment in this movie, he was just like, I think he said at one point, it was just mostly him just re- turning and reacting to things and being... Like, he was so self-assured yeah. the whole time. And he just turn around and, like, just make a face like, what? Especially in this movie, he's just, like, slowly shaking his head at things <laughs> for the whole movie. And somehow it's the coolest shit in the world. He's so cool. And, like, if you read up on, on him, like, he's not just the salad dressing guy. Like, he, <laughs> like, I mean, that's one of his big things because he's donated, like, hundreds of millions of dollars to charities because mm. of the salad dressings. But also, like, he's just pro-same-sex marriage, like, for decades. He walked in uh, civil rights marches as a famous actor, which I imagine the 60s was not a thing that you would do normally as a white man. Like career poison in America. Yeah. He just fiercely anti-war and like he even apparently had a go at Tom Cruise for being in Top Gun. Oh, I loved that. (laughs) How good is that? Just being like having this plucky young upstart on there who was at the time filming filming Top Gun, I think, like at the same time. Yeah, it came out the same year, so. And just being like, oh, shouldn't do that. And so Tom Cruise is like, I'm really sorry, Mr. Newman, I'll go make Born on the 4th of July. As like penance for that. And then uh, however many years later, 40, 50 years later, make Top Gun 2. Which I'm like, has Tom Cruise forgotten about what Paul Newman said? Or is this going to be a bit anti-war? Oh, I guess. I mean, will- it's still getting like air, crazy Air Force funding though. So I'm going to assume. Oh, damn. No. 
damn it. Tom Cruise, you forgot. <sighs> um, Paul Newman, real cool dude. Just love him. And oh, yeah. Also, what was the other thing we we're saying? Oh, he just loved his wife like it's the so entire nice. time. So he got married once, met his second wife while still married, left her. Felt Apparently felt awful about it. So it's like, that's something I'm going to have to feel bad about for the rest of my life. But he found the love of his life, married her, and they were married for 50 years and apparently just fucking snogged. <laughs> The entire time. I love that. <laughs> just, and like all these other actors who have ever worked with him are like, every time she'd come visit and set, he would just be making comments about how hot she was and how, what a fine ass she had and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, that's so cute. I love that Paul Newman was a wife guy. That is yeah. tremendous. <laughs> so cute. All right. So, Colour of Money. Let's get into that. Um, Just quickly, before we start, I mean, we will talk about this later, but what did you think of the movie? I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much. It's just like, it's, yeah, like, like I said before, it's mainly Paul Newman reacting to things where, like, there's something very satisfying about that. You know, he's just, the character is a guy who's very good at his craft, who's very in control. He's sort of going just along for the ride, maybe until the latter half of the movie. We'll get to that. But, like, it's just super enjoyable. A lot mm. of great looking buildings, a lot of great clothes, a lot of the camera work in it is, like, fucking amazing. Yeah, like, for a poor movie and, like, the way it would make the camera, like, I don't technical things is that you failed film school Cara but like <laughs> the, where the camera would sweep around when they would like break the, the ball thing oh, Fuck, I don't know any terms for anything in this movie even though I've watched <laughs> a movie about pool like five times in the last two weeks uh, yeah so when they break the thing and yeah. the way you'd film it and I'm like oh amazing it's very dramatic shots for what is a very not dramatic sport I yeah. guess you call it a sport. But it's also like, I guess it's a testament to the movie that I, you know, like every person, I will play pool when I'm drunk and I'll have mm. a great time doing it. But I don't care about it in the slightest. Mm. I don't think I would ever on purpose watch like a tournament pool game or anything. No. But like the movie is still quite gripping and I didn't even really fully understand the rules. I'm still like, oh, oh, but he sunk that, that yellow ball. So that's <laughs> the one he wanted to sink. Yeah, so because Martin Scorsese actually narrates the very start of the movie. <laughs> they explain the rules. Explains the rules, and I'm like, I immediately forgot everything that happened. <laughs> it's made it sound like basically you've just got to sink the nine ball, but I'm like, do you have to sink your other? Like, I don't know. I still didn't figure I didn't, that out. Didn't I, quite understand, yeah. but that was the main thing, and the whole thing was like, yeah, they're skilled, but it's mostly luck, and that's how the movie starts. Yeah, I really, really like this movie too. I'm really bad at pool, but now <laughs> I kind of want to go to the pool hall in Milton and just hang oh, around and Q Masters. Yeah, I've never come been. for a night at Kiwis. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to pretend I'm a hustler and like <laughs> razz people up into playing pool with me and then be really and actually bad and then I lose my money. This uh, actually like retrieved a long forgotten memory that one of my auntie's ex-husbands was like a professional pool hustler. Really? <laughs> I had completely forgotten this. He's a fucking, all I can remember about him was that he was like three times my height because I was a child mm. and he had just the worst long curly hair, weird guy that would wear bow ties all the time kind mm. of guy. But yeah, just constantly playing weird underground games of pool for money. Uh, wow. Very strange, man. I wonder how much that exists. I mean, it must still exist. There's people who will never stop doing that. Sure, yeah. It's obviously going to be different because the internet, you can't hustle people and then just get away with it. Like, Yeah, you can't go from town to town bilking people out of like $10,000 without yeah. other people being like, wait, no, I saw the news article about you. You're that guy. I'm yeah, not playing pool hey, with you. I'm on the pool chat rooms and I saw, yeah. <laughs> on r slash nine ball. <laughs> I bet that exists. And I bet they love this movie. All right. So this movie, uh, it stars uh, Paul Newman as Eddie Felson. Oh, no, something we didn't mention. It's technically a sequel to yes. The Hustler, <laughs> which I really meant to watch, but... It's not streaming or anything, so I haven't had a chance to watch it, which was made in the 60s, and it's about Fast Eddie being a hustler in pool, and this is basically him 25 years later. He's out of the game, and now he's training someone to do what he did in the 60s kind right. of thing. So I also have not seen Hustler, but like outside of there are a few scenes in the movie where 
undue weight is given to characters that have not yet been introduced and you're like, oh, this is a thing from mm. The Hustler. I bet this would make sense if I'd seen that. And then it just goes away and then it immediately yeah. stops being a problem. I definitely don't think you need to see The Hustler to get this movie. I think they explain enough. Mm. And it's not about Paul Newman. You know what? We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. <laughs> okay, Paul Newman. His name is Fast Eddie Felson. Tom Cruise plays Vincent, who is his young protege, in a role that doesn't feel very Tom Cruise-y. Like I would look at him and I'm like, I keep forgetting it's Tom Cruise. Maybe it's because he has so much thick black Italian hair. That what the fuck is up with his hair in this movie? It looks like it is a helmet that he is wearing. And Tom Cruise's hair never looks like that. So I don't know whether they if they coiffed it in such a way that it looks like it that. It sits in such a weird way and it's so dense and uniform. It reminds me a lot of... Um, the Twin Peaks character James, uh, he has exactly the same hair in the like the original two seasons, mm. obviously. Where you're just like, I don't know, are you going for that on purpose? Does your hair just sit that way? I don't understand. Do you style it once a week and then just leave it until you have to wash it again? And then like old ladies going to get their hair set at the hairdressers? Fascinating. So yeah, it's very un Tom Cruisey, and yet it also conformed to this thing that was in the eighties where Tom Cruise would play all these roles like it was in Days of Thunder. Top Gun cocktail where he is a young, dumb, spunky, obnoxious young guy who has to be taught this new craft he wants to learn and the mentor is like, oh, this guy and teaches him eventually, which is kind of funny because Paul Newman did the voice of the car in Cars. Mm-hmm. He did the the mentor car, which is like Days of Thunder. Yeah. Which is, it's all very complex. But it, thought- it's odd in that it does like follow that formula, but I think the thing that makes it different from all of the other ones is that he kind of stays an idiot. Yeah. Like, Unlike the other movies where he harnesses his like natural rage or whatever his mm. gift is, instead you're just like everyone else is succeeding around him, sort of in spite of him. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Vincent, he doesn't really learn a lot. He just fucking cocky. Yeah, he's just a dupe for the whole movie. Every minute of the movie. So the girlfriend of Vincent is Carmen, played by Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Mastrantonio, Mastrantonio, yeah. Oh man, I'm bad at pronouncing things. I was saying I don't really know her from things, but what did you say Uh, she was from? uh, Well, I know her mostly from The Perfect Storm, which for some reason as a child I watched that movie 100 million times. A movie that no child should enjoy. I watched that once at the cinemas and my whole, me and my family stormed out of there so angry because for some, my I, I was so sure that we're going to be fine in that movie. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because it's even though so it's based on the book by Sebastian Younger, I think, where it's sort of sold with this based on a true story thing, but mm. obviously all the people died, so it's really a composite of a bunch of other people's stories. But because you've given that based on a true story impression, you'd be like, well, obviously they have to have lived because we wouldn't have the story otherwise. Mm. <laughs> then you watch it, you're just like, and also Hollywood movies like, where they all die, like that's not a thing. I mean, it, it does happen, but like that sort of movie, it someone should have survived. Yeah, like one person will yeah. make it off the boat or whatever. But it, instead, it's like the only people that survive are one of the really minus side stories is about some people on a yacht that end mm. up surviving. You're like, I don't give a fuck about the yacht people. <laughs> Care about the crew of the Andrea Gale, I believe was the name of the boat they were on. It's <laughs> a it's a stacked cast though. You know, it's like George Clooney, Mary mm. Elizabeth, Master Antonio, uh fucking oh, what's his name from Teledaga Knights? Uh oh, the main guy? The guy that's not Will Farrell. Uh, <laughs> Oh, we were just talking about him. No, is his last name Riley? Oh, this is going to drive me insane. Something C. Riley. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. John C. Riley's in it. I was literally talking about him last night from Tim and Eric. 
He's, this is one of his like serious roles. One of the handful he did. Uh, Michael Ironside is in it. The, the, the cast is fucking awesome. It's but yeah, it's not a fun movie. I, yeah, I'm probably gonna watch it again because I actually was thinking about this the other day. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, so I don't know Mary Elizabeth from anything, but now I'm going to watch that movie and be like, hey, I know her. She was uh, yeah. She had a very brief time in the limelight as like an absolute 80s 90s babe, and in this movie, she looks fucking fantastic. Her hair in like every scene yeah. is incredible. Incredible. And she's a great character who's not there to take shit from anyone yeah. for one minute. Like, uh, obviously we'll get up to that, but, like, the the way they sort of establish her character is her just straight up being like, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely, like, I robbed this guy and I don't feel bad about it in the slightest. Yeah. And now we're dating. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, that was a, that was great. Because I don't remember, remember that the first time I watched it and I watched this time I'm like, oh, she's great. <laughs> the other character in this who isn't in it a lot, but I thought I'd mention her anyway because it's a very nail-heavy movie, is Janelle, who is played by Helen Shaver, who is is Eddie's love interest, who I read was only put in there because they were worried that it would come off a bit too gay, having this older man pursuing this younger man. (laughs) They're like, we can't have him be gay, so they introduce this. Oh, my God. What a fucking time for movies. Yeah, the 80s, right? Just like that's a weird euphemism for being gay. Be like, he wants to teach him how to <laughs> hustle at pool, if you know what I mean. Well, I guess back then, hustling, like the connotations of it, hustling yeah, were to do with being a male prostitute. Or, yeah. uh, anyway, um, I actually liked her. I actually liked what she brought to Eddie's character, mm. which was showing off how smooth he was. Like, he was constantly smooth talking, even though they were like technically together. Yeah. It is the whole time. I'm constantly smooth talking her and also she was just sort of there for him no matter what yeah. even though it might be a little bit undeserved but he's such a cool character that she, she's like she grounds the whole thing a little bit as well because mm. he's sort of switching between like these guys and they're like cool slick world of pool hustling and they come back to this woman who's just being like why the fuck are you doing this i just want to go to the bahamas let me go in the fucking bahamas <laughs> All right, let's jump into the movie. So we meet Eddie. So I think Janelle actually owns the bar that he's there at, yeah. uh, but he does a little bit of hustling still at, and he's trying to sell her whiskey, and there's like a whole thing talking about whiskey. He's the smoothest, coolest guy in the it's world. A weirdly sensual scene as yeah. well, just like holding it up to her mouth and stuff in this weird way, like, yeah, yeah, yeah all right, we get it, buddy. <laughs> You're sexy, okay. <laughs> I agree. I agreed from the start. <laughs> Uh, so the person who's actually playing pool, though, is Julian, played by John Torturo. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, Torturo, yeah. Who I was like, I have no idea who this is. Ben's like, uh. Are you fucking serious? Ben's like, look how young he is. And I'm like, I looked him up and I, as an older, a little bit older, and I was like, oh, he's in all the, um, what's their faces movies? Every single Coen Brothers movie, basically. Yeah, he's in every single Coen yeah. Brothers movie, yeah. And I, oh, he just looks completely different to me in mm. that for some reason. So he is the one doing the hustling and he's trying to play against Vincent who every time he stops playing pool, he's back playing stalker, which I don't Yeah. I've never heard of this arcade game and now I kind of want to get it at the bar just so and be like this is Colour of money. I have a sign on there, as you may have seen in <laughs> The Colour of Money, maybe. 18 years with they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Yeah, so he keeps, like, grabbing money. So I, I'm trying to work out how that relationship works. It's like he's just there to finance. Yeah, he's, he's staking he's, them. He's putting the stake up. But he's obviously going to get a percentage of yeah. what he makes. So, yeah, so he's still technically involved in the world of hustling with Paul. I believe the term for what he's doing is he is a stake horse. Oh, really? Is that, I swear to God they use that term a couple of times, but now I've just said it out loud. That sounds ridiculous. I think that's what they call it in the movie. Okay, all right. So he's the stake horse for Julian, and he's playing, he's like this young schmuck, Vincent, who he's like, I'm, I've am i got him up against the rails. I'm going to get him. And 
Vincent is obviously too good and he keeps coming back for money. He's like, hang on, who are you playing? Like me or him? He's trying to still smooth talk Janelle, but then he hears like Vincent break the thing. <laughs> and he's like, wow, he breaks like a sledgehammer. <laughs> And then he's really intrigued and like he immediately has his intention. Like this young, dumb, super Italian stereotype kind of guy is uh, really good at pool, but, you know, not good at anything else to do with hustling or anything. And immediately Fast Eddie is intrigued. Uh, He watches and what's her face? Carmen is there and he realises that Carmen is... The brain's the operation. Yeah, sort of has it going. Like no one else wants to play Vincent. And so he says, I'll play $500 a rack. She doesn't know what to do because that's an absurd amount of money. 80s money, that's what like five thousand dollars he was kind of like hmm i think this i see some potential i'm going to take them under my wing and yeah it, it very quickly establishes the character of top cruise's characters being like not canny at all about what he's doing like naturally talented but kind of an asshole yeah oh yeah because he does the thing where when he's winning he pretends he's like bash the guy <laughs> julian's head in and like and then he's like pretends to wipe off his the blood off the pool cruise like whack 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 i'm like oh god that's so embarrassing and, she, and carmen's just sitting there like this is this is normal like oh i, I just walk out in embarrassment it's like the recurring thing of him doing like kung fu moves with yeah, his pool cue while he's winning that you're like yeah that keeps coming back throughout the movie you're like this is very odd it's very intense and not cool even a little bit no but i guess yeah it's not meant to be played for cool like by the movie i got a vague suspicion watching this movie that they are almost using the specific kind of intense charisma that tom cruise has against him a little Mm. bit like they're leaning into his tendencies to be like how he's just super manic and like he's charming but it's so intense Mm. that he is playing that up for this movie for a character where you're meant to look at him and be like yeah he's all right but christ it's a bit much that's why i feel like it's not very tom cruisey role in Mm. that normally we're meant to find it endearing and kind of yeah cool but there's nothing about vincent that's cool like the fact for a lot of the movie he's wearing a shirt with his own name on it (laughs) and they play that like eddie says wear the shirt it's cute because they play that up but also he wears that shirt like willingly all the time yeah even in like the last scene of the movie he's like wearing it underneath his shirt and you're like Uh, Oh, that's (laughs) odd. (laughs) So, yeah, there's nothing. That's why I think it's unlike a lot of Tom Cruise movies where Tom Cruise is always, I mean, the intention's there. Sometimes it doesn't work, but (laughs) he's always meant to be the coolest kind of like one of the coolest people yeah. in the film but in this one he's not at all like we're not at one any point meant to be like yeah he's a cool dude he's gonna do this it's only about how Eddie is the coolest guy in the yeah. room yes which is I mean if Paul Newman is in a room he's unfailingly going to be the coolest yeah. guy in the room maybe, every time maybe Vincent was meant to be cool but they're just like comparatively <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, so he takes them out for dinner and kind of explains to them what he is about and how kind of don't know what you're doing and you could be actually making a lot of money. And Vincent's like, ah, it's just balls and a stick. Like, <laughs> it's like, what's the big deal? Do you know what's really hard? Stocker. That's the hard game. And he's like, you don't make money on that stupid machine. So he tries to explain it. They don't, they're not quite getting it. So he proves his point. Like, there's a bet on, there's a guy who's hustling, like, you know, trying to pick up this one woman at the bar. I reckon he's going to give, give me 30 seconds. He's going to give up and leave. That happens, but just outside the 30 seconds it's like 32 seconds yeah. or whatever yeah he's like all right next bet i bet whatever the bill is for dinner that i can walk out of this room out of here with that girl at the bar in two minutes and he does in the coolest way possible which is immediately we find out that she was actually there waiting for him anyway like but you know that's what hustling is like you take the information that you have and use it to your advantage yeah no one else needs to know what the truth was to that and that's why it's hustling i feel like uh paul newman's thing would have worked on me even if i didn't already know him if he just like walked up to me and said do you want to come outside to take a look at my car I'd be like, 
absolutely. This cool man wants me to look at his car. Yes. <laughs> More than anything, well, when let's I, go. When you watch it, you don't know that they know each other until they actually leave the restaurant. He says, um, this is going to sound weird, but do you want to come look at my car? And I was like, uh, yeah. The first thing I saw was like, absolutely. And I'm like, <laughs> she says yes. And I'm like, of course you would say yes. You'd be a fool not to. <laughs> Like a man is not like he's intimidating in his like coolness, but not in like a dangerous way. In mm. like a whatever, if this man wants to pay me attention, it means he thinks I'm worthy yeah. of giving my attention, giving me some attention. So yeah, so he wins that bet, obviously to intrigue them, which works because. Carmen approaches them later, like the next day, and says, like, you knew that guy's routine, didn't you? And you knew her. Like you thought you were playing us, but I, I saw through it. And he's kind of like. But, like, either way, it proves his point. Yeah. It's like, I'm good at what I do because I set all that up. Yeah. I like they're sitting in the car and she's like, so this is liquor money, hey? And I guess that was a really cool car for the 80s. I mean, it's a cool car still. It, is a-, it is a cool car. But, like, when I think of American movies, I think everyone drives those cars. Oh, uh, yeah, that's sure. So it's hard to see that as being, like, a luxurious car. My recollection is it's, like, all leather interior as well. It's very, or suede or something. Like, yeah. it's all very luxurious and... Like the, the biggest car ever. The bit where he gets angry at them for leaning on his car. He's like, oh, you've got metal on your jacket? It's like such a dad thing to do. Oh, yeah. So when they're in the car, that's when we find out about how she met Vinny. Uh, so she said she met him after her boyfriend at the time broke into Vincent's family's house and stole a bunch of stuff. And he's like, oh, did you bail the boyfriend out? She says, no, no, I was the getaway car. Like, so we're at good. the police station. And she is wearing a locket. And she's like, look at this. And uh, it's, it's his, uh, Vincent's grandmother's, Vincent's mother's. And he's like... Oh, I'm not telling the story very well. It's like, oh, so did he give it to you? And she's like, no, it's from the robbery. I took it. And Vincent is like, oh, yeah, that my mum had one like that. I, like it's them. such a, it's a perfect line of characterization for both like her and for Vincent because it sets her up as being absolutely remorseless about this. Like yep. she's like proud of it. She's like showing it off. Yeah. And that the fact that his response is she's just so trusting. He's just like, oh, what a crazy coincidence. <laughs> the thing that we're missing in the robbery is now around your neck. Oh, wow. What a world. <laughs> Yeah, set, yeah, actually sets up those two characters perfectly and their relationship, which is why she's there meeting with Lou, uh, with Eddie to be like, okay, I see what you're doing and I get it. Yeah. And it's us going to business, not so much him and Vincent because Vincent's just like, ooh, twirling his stick around in the background, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so Eddie goes and visits Vince at work. Uh, he works at a massive toy store, like a Toys R Us kind of thing. And I was like, I wish they showed a little bit more in there because I want to freeze frame and look at all the kick-ass 80s toys. <laughs> we get to hear Tom Cruise do a very, very brief Australian accent. Like literally one word. He says yeah. one word in an Australian accent and it's just the movie glosses over it very quickly. It's such an odd little moment, but it's funny. He's just selling an Australian product. Uh, he go out the back room to have a chat about what nine ball tournament in Atlantic City. It's happening in six weeks. And he's like, okay, I'm interested. And he's like, all right, but we got to go tomorrow. And he's like, this guy, what a joker. Like it's six <laughs> weeks away. Why would we go now? And he's like, no, we have to work our way up to it. We need to work every single pool hall between now here and there and everywhere in between so I can teach you like what you need to know. It's not just about, it's not just balls and a stick. Yeah, so much more to it than that. Obviously, Vincent's not quite convinced because that is pretty intense. Like I've just met you. I want to take you around for six weeks and show you how to play pool better and then you enter a big competition. Like, you basically have to quit your job to do this at the toy toy shop. Uh, Yeah, so he doesn't really believe it. So his last little, like thing to really mean is like your girlfriend's bored you need to do this to keep her interest because i can tell that she's going to leave you if you if you don't do this because she'll be bored and 
blah, blah, blah. And Vincent's like, oh, no, I can't believe it. Yeah, falls for it. Oh, yeah, so he goes back like a couple of days later to find Eddie again to ask about the trip, a little bit more about the trip and kind of like, I thought about what you said with Carmen. No, no, she's fine. She's interested. He's like, <laughs> it's such a great sign if you have to like find a stranger and tell them, no, my relationship's great actually. And he's like, I'm glad I'm wrong. Like, I'm glad I'm wrong about my vibes. And he also is very good at, good at what he wants to do is he gives Vincent like the best pool cue you can get, a balabushka. The balabushka. I, I don't know anything about it. I love how many times it's repeated throughout the movie. Like, wow, the balabushka. And you're like, what? It, this looks like a pool cue. I don't and, understand. And it wasn't even a balabushka in the movie. It was just like a not quite as good one. They just made to look like a balabushka. <laughs> like, are they that hard to so get? So funny. I just keep thinking, uh, like, is it Hattori Hanzo, like, from Kill Bill? Yeah. Like, is that the equivalent? Like, it like, needs like, Hanzo steel. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, a bit beyond us uh, as people who know fucking idea about pool, but it's a big deal in this movie. Uh, so he gives it to him and, like, he's so nonchalant about it. It's like, have a go. And he's like, just have it. If you like it, have it. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I couldn't possibly. And he's, like, so indifferent and, like, just have it, whatever. If you like it, otherwise give it back to me. I don't care. I don't care about this probably $10,000. Presumably. I assume priceless. The way they talk about it. Also, the fact that the movie had to make a replica of one instead of getting a real one makes me assume they must be like, how is that cheaper? I don't know. It's wild. Imagine, oh, you wouldn't want to take it anywhere because someone grabbed it and smashed it. And you'd be like, oh. Surely. That's like half of what happens to pool cues. That's all I know to do with a pool (laughs) cue. I'm not winning. (laughs) Smash. That's why I don't play pool. Smart, probably. <laughs> Vince goes and goes back downstairs after he's sort of said, no, I think Carmen's fine. And Carmen's just nipped off to the bathroom. He's like, has anyone seen Carmen? Like, no, no, no. And still, Eddie's watching this and he's like, I, I got to get him in hook, like hook, line and sinker. So he actually quickly goes down, intercepts Carmen, whispers to her, and then she goes outside. So he's actually like planning with her. This is how we're going to get Vincent in on this. Is he's like, go outside, pretend you're somewhere else. Because Vincent's a little bit frantic trying to find her because she's disappeared and then when she comes back in with a pack of cigarettes she's like I just went and got cigarettes she's like but they sell cigarettes here and she's like oh I went outside and like she's like so she's playing up the I'm sick of you I might leave you so yeah. that's how Vincent agrees to go on this thing like it's very sneaky and I missed that the first time is that she's actually in on it yeah it's done very quietly like mm. it's they don't they never sort of explicitly say what's happening there but you just get that quick shot of him just whispering in her ear yeah. and she just fucks off like I don't know why she couldn't just say let's do it this sounds really fun <laughs> <laughs> like we have to trick him into this but that's I guess more that's fun. Yeah, yeah it's more fun and also he's teaching her like this is how you con people into doing the things you want to do I guess so once he finds her and you know, they have a little tiny little argument he immediately goes over to Eddie and he's like okay I want to do this like you've, you've convinced me and now I'm terrified that my cool fun girlfriend's gonna leave me I mean in this let's go let's leave ASAP so later we see Eddie with Janelle at a very fancy bar talking about whiskey again mm-hmm. as per usual and Julian turns up like Julian is really upset because he's like why are you taking him he's a chump like I'm I'm a much better pool player he's like yeah but you're like you said earlier like you're known like if I, I can't take you around and hustle people because people know who Julian is like you're made a name for yourself I need absolutely nobody to actually make this successful con meanwhile Janelle who they've been talking about going to the Bahamas together is like oh, you fucking what you like you <laughs> She just finds out that he's about to go on a six-week fucking hustling tour of that part of, like, northeastern America. And she storms off and they have a big argument about it because he's meant to take her to the Bahamas. Like, I, I will. I just don't know 
when I've got this other thing to do. I yes. really like that uh, the end of that. So he has the argument. He's standing in the hallway. He then apologizes to a woman who's been standing there. I noticed like, that because this is like a waitress standing there. He's like, oh, geez. And he's just like, like, it's not a bad fight. Like, not, nothing's horrible. No. Said. She's just like, well, if you want to get your stuff from my house, uh, it'll be in a suitcase at the front. And he's like, Wah. and then he turns around and goes, I'm sorry. And walks away. Like, <laughs> he's that. like the coolest dude ever, but also like, not just in a cool dude way, in a like a, he's a cool dude. Like, he's a nice. Yeah, he's a polite, respectable yeah. dude. He just lost his temper a little bit and is embarrassed that anyone had to see that. So on the road, uh, sharing tips, talking about things like why Eddie retired. Like he sort of says, I haven't played since before you were born, which is true because I think, when did The Hustle come out? Like 1960? It's like like exactly 25 years before 1986. So 1961? 61, yeah. And when Tom Cruise was born in 1962. So technically, yeah, was just before he was born. So Eddie's real stoked to be doing this. Like he's like feeling really razzed and everything. And they go to the first pool hall. And he's like, oh, I've got goosebumps. I can't wait. And they go upstairs and it's fucking an old storage shed now. There's not a pool table in sight and yeah, everything's gone. And he's bitterly disappointed. Vincent keeps laughing at him. Like, look at this foolish old man. He doesn't know what he's doing. So it doesn't start off super well. They go to another place, like a real shithole, pool hall. And Vincent doesn't want to take this the guy's money that he's playing because he had obviously had throat surgery from throat cancer or something and has whatever that's called the hole in the neck the throat hole Vincent's like oh I don't want to take his money like I feel really bad this poor guy this is one of the things that Eddie's trying to teach him is like you can't this isn't part of the hustle like you play the game properly or you don't do it at all he's like okay then if you don't want to take his money then I need you to actually use a word for it to dump um, it, to dump, dump the yeah, game. to dump professionally, um, which in other words is lose professionally. So if you can do that, then great. So Eddie uh, Vince is like, I, I can do that, no worries. So he, but he does it in such a schmuck way, which is like, oh, I missed. Oh shit, I'm so, mm, I'm so bad at this. What bad luck. <laughs> And so part of the lesson that uh, Eddie's going to teach him is that he disappears and tells Carmen to go get the car. And so that when so he's lost and the old man with a hole in his throat is like, where's my money? He turns around and Eddie's gone. And so he doesn't have, doesn't have the money because Eddie provides all the money for these hustles. And he's like, no, no, he's here. Just, so they start bashing him up. And that's when Eddie runs back down, intercepts, pretends he's his father and saying, I can't believe you did this, you bad son. And they run away and get away. And that was his lesson was like, you can't, yeah, you what is a lesson i'm trying to work out how you word it uh just do what i tell you i feel like yeah, it's largely yeah, do, the lesson. Do, do what i tell you like if you decide that you want to dump like do it do a good job or like it's money like people are going to hurt you if yeah. they think you're ripping them off so you have to be always on it and you know don't fuck anyone over for money uh they will kill you i really like well two things about that scene that i love uh paul newman sneaking away is very funny like when he's upstairs <laughs> and he's like trying to like peek over the balcony yeah. he's like half sort of crouching but also <laughs> the idea of rescuing tom cruise by being like you can't beat up my son i beat up my son <laughs> <laughs> And as they're like, he's taking him out. This guy just goes sucker punches Tom Cruise right in the face as they're leaving as well. And um, they're not very Tom Cruisey. Tom Cruise doesn't get bashed up usually. No, he's the guy that does the bashing. He up. does the bashing. Or if he's getting bashed, it's because he's got some cool way to fucking backflip out of there <laughs> in the coolest way possible and just wipe the blood off and there's no marks. Vincent learned a lesson the hard way. They um, peel off. Yeah, they just he has explained to him like, you got to fucking listen to me, otherwise, what's what's the point of this? You just keep trying to do your own thing. Why am I here? Which is the recurring motif of the entire movie because mm, Vincent just won't fucking listen for one second it's infuriating <laughs> <laughs> so at one point they start playing together Eddie is still quite good at playing as despite having not played since the early 60s apparently I mean like properly I mean he's obviously played some pool 
Mm. Like he hasn't just like sworn off Paul altogether for the <laughs> last 25 years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Vincent's a little bit impressed that he's still quite good at it. So they're playing at a place called Chalkies, which apparently used to be a very good pool hole, but now it still exists, but it's in very rough area it's probably gentrified now i imagine mm. oh, there's, the there's some sort of like gin bar in there now yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely vincent's really nervous about carmen being there so despite her throwing a big tantrum about it they make her go back to the hotel it's quite rough although when i look around i was like none of the people there seem that rough like a couple of like hispanic dudes kind of look at her and i'm like is that the implication that it's rough i got it's the 80s so maybe it was so she goes back and they're, they're having a little play together eddie's kind of explaining like what their plan is so there's a guy there who he's like, what's his name? He's like, you can't play him. Moselle? And the coolest dude in the whole world. Oh my God, what a fucking look. It's <laughs> like he has so a good. cowboy hat, a Hawaiian shirt, he's like a gold nose ring, which something I picked up on, and I don't know if I picked up on this because he plays the transgender sex worker in Risky Business. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he, if he actually is a queer actor who has played those roles. But Eddie says something and the way that Vincent reacts is like, oh, I'm not going to do that because I'm not gay kind of thing. It's kind of a vibe I got. I don't know if I was reading too much into it, but I'm wondering because he says something it's after he says something about the nose ring yeah. that he kind of like, but nothing super homophobic, but yeah, I kind of got that vibe. He's also incredibly well-dressed. So, he's I mean, yeah, he's definitely... the snazziest dresser. And I think yeah. I think in the 80s, I think nose ring wasn't meant to be a signifier sure, yeah. of queerness back then. So I don't know. But he's like, we can't play Moselle because he's pretty much the best player here. What we want to do is play Old Mate over there, the older black dude in the very nice grey suit, because he will have $5,000 in his pocket. And if he sees you win against Moselle, he's not interested in playing you. So Vincent's showing off so much and being really smug to Eddie when they're playing together that Eddie actually storms off and goes back to the hotel and leaves Vinny there. He later, he's lying in the hotel bed. He's kind of like, I better go talk to him. Finds Carmen half undressed. Has a go at her like I'm not your daddy I'm not your, your boyfriend like we're business partners stop trying to flirt with me and, and he's like okay where's Vincent she's like he went out and he's like where's the Bella Bush gun he's like he took it with him and he's like you let him so yeah he's disregarded all his advice he's just gone thrown a tantrum gone how dare old man told me what to do gone back gotten the fancy pool cue gone back to the bar and is immediately playing Moselle and which I believe is the second time we see him doing the kung fu moves as well he's like oh, walking it's around the table scene. Like, like it's he's so obnoxious but I love it so much because it's like it's a good such a good sweeping shot yeah. he's doing the kung fu moves and he's taking this balabushka which if people see you play that they're gonna like that guy is obviously good enough at pool to justify having that fancy pool cue yeah, so like, not Eddie gonna makes play a him. big deal out of being like you've got the balabushka but don't use it use the yeah. house cue because otherwise people will be like clearly very good at pool like, yes yeah you fucking dickhead so he's smacking around and it's playing uh what's the song um i can't remember but he's singing along werewolves to it. Of london. oh werewolves yeah. of london yeah. yeah yeah he's playing that and then this is sweeping around and he keeps going whack whack and being really obnoxious he ends up winning against moselle and making a big fucking song and dance about it you know the old mate in the fancy suit walks past eddie who's um come up to watch this all happen and is like hmm, he's good but i'm not interested in playing him <laughs> kind of thing like you just lost he got made 150 dollars from doing this like it was such a thing all that aside the best bit of this scene i think is when he decides to crack out the balabushka. Marisol's like, what's in the box? And he's like, doom, and opens up, which is so obnoxious. Do you know that's how the video game Doom got its name? Isn't that insane? It's <laughs> the craziest fucking origin story in the world. It's like, if you'd have asked anything, I would have been like, yeah, because it's a cool word. But it's yeah. like, no, there is a line in a pool hustling movie from the mid-80s. That Tom Cruise said that no one knows the role of. No, like, no, it's not even, yeah, I can't imagine anyone would hear that line. Like, if a game was called Speed and they named it from Top Gun <laughs> with the need for speed, I'd be like, absolutely, I understand that. But no, it's called Doom because of colour of money. It's so crazy. 
It's wild. Uh, so they have another big fight about this. It's like Vincent's angry that he's being bossed around, even though he agreed to go on this thing to learn some lessons. But he's young and cocky and doesn't want to doesn't want to fucking hear anything. And he's like, "Come on, get back in the car. Like, lesson learned or whatever. We'll we'll figure this out." Oh yeah. So he's like, "You won 150, but it could have been five thousand dollars. Like, that's why we're doing this. We're not doing this for chump change. We're and doing this." He for- like makes a big deal out of being like, "Well, I'm taking my 60 percent cut, which means you guys get." Yeah. He's like, like, "Okay, we're gonna do that. Then yeah, no, you, yeah. you get 60 bucks split between the two of you, which yeah. is like nothing. What have you done? Fucking lessons everywhere that Vincent refuses to learn. The next thing that he teaches them, which I thought was a very fun scam, was called Two Brothers and a Stranger, which I've never heard of before this, but it's obviously probably a very common thing, like scam technique. Mm. Basically, they get Vincent to go play at a pool hall and Carmen and Eddie are going to be a couple who are there to agitate them into placing extremely large bets and then, you know, it's all set up so that their people will bet against Vincent and then they'll make all the money. And it's very it's very well done to a point where Vincent sees them, like, kind of being a bit smoochy and Eddie's kind of touching her near her butt and everything. And, like, at the end when they make all this money from this very successful um, scheme that they have, Vincent throws a big tantrum and, like, you're all over each other in front of me. I can't believe it. And, like, how the Carmen explains it is, like, you know when you go to a movie? <laughs> Love that. Like, do you think the actors are going home? together because they kiss on screen no they're professionals and like they have to explain it and Vincent's like oh acting I've never heard of this before yeah summed up fucking Vincent's character absolutely perfectly because he did not realize even though it was explained to him he still didn't get it as it was happening to them yeah amazing I mean they do have a very good chemistry though the two of them that scene I was like oh goodness gracious all right (laughs) and at first I thought Vincent was really playing into it yeah I thought Vincent was like playing into it. He's like, Grandpa, good teeth and stop touching the girl. She's your granddaughter. And I'm like, no, he actually was like actually furious <laughs> at that point. But they end up getting like a thousand dollars because they like, you guys are idiots. I think this guy's a chump. I'm going to bet $500 against you. Yeah. So that's how they get the money. There's a montage scene. And did you see the person that popped, the very famous musician who popped up in that montage Iggy scene? Iggy Pop? Yeah. Uh, playing the only type of character Iggy Pop generally plays in movies. Just like. A scraggly. Yeah, but super downcast face. Every shot of him in that scene, he's like, oh, man. (laughs) He's so good. He's so good at just, like, playing a, like, real innocent dude. I love Iggy Pop so much. Why Iggy Pop? Like, I guess they just – because I think everyone else in that montage is actually pool players. Pop was a poor player at some point. <laughs> Might well have been. So, yeah, the montage going through all their hustles that they do in and around working their way to Atlantic City. And basically the final one is this guy, what's his name? Grady. Grady Seasons. This is like a Tim and Eric name for yeah. someone. <laughs> I feel like either that's him, maybe that's his real name because no one has that preposterous name <laughs> like in a movie. No yeah. one will believe that. And they encounter him. So Eddie's warned Vincent about him and now he's like probably the most successful pool hustler because he makes the most money on paper uh, doesn't mean he's necessarily the best it's just he's the most famously successful they encounter him and Eddie's like okay fuck up really badly do a really bad job playing against him and that way the odds of against you in Atlantic City will be terrible so that you make more money when you eventually win does Vincent listen to that no because Grady Seasons is a cocky prick and goads him the whole time so when he's like don't choke kid and he's like don't choke and then he <laughs> fucking wins and fucks it all up and Carmen's like if you win again you you're going to be humping your own fist. For the- Which is very graphic imagery. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I'm like, that's rude. Okay, so we're getting up to where there's a big shift in the movie, but we've talked for a while. So, Ben, I'm going to cut it off there Mm -hmm. and we will continue this in a second part. Before we go, may I ask where people can find you? Can you tell us about your other podcast? Uh, I have a a podcast called Bunta Vista. Uh, We talk mostly about the news, I think, kind of. Uh, It's about stories about animals escaping and weird things Dutch people are up to. Uh, Sometimes they're really mean about Disneyland, so... (laughs) That's happened a couple of times now, I'm sorry. (laughs) And I'm still mad about it, but if you can get past that it's a very good podcast um if you want to follow me on social media you can find me on tom cruise reviews on instagram tom cruise review with no s on twitter or my website tom cruise otherwise we're going to be back next week with the second part of our review we hope to see you then 